Hello, frog residents, Kermit speaking. Oh, hello, Mr. Iger. Yes, sir, it's an honor to speak with you. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I have heard of the Three Sheets to the Mouse podcast. Um, yeah, I guess they're funny, but I don't really approve of their language. It's not something that me and Piggy want our little tablets to be listening to. But, uh, Fozzie, he, he loves them. I'm sorry, Mr. Iger, what... What do you mean, I... You thought I could use the work? It's closing? Torn down? Galaxy's Edge? Now you listen here! Just because I'm a puppet doesn't mean I'll just bend over and take it. If you tear down Muppet Vision, I'll shove more than just a hand in your butt, Bob. I know it sounds sorted, but you'll be rewarded when at last I am given my dues. And justice deliciously squared Be free <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to episode 193 of Wow, what did you just say? <laughs> I got close, didn't I, Tim? I have no idea what you said. That was supposed to be French. Yeah, that was trois fagulasserie. Three sheets to the match. It probably doesn't translate that way. <laughs> no one can tell me any different. Not right Because I'm sure that phrase doesn't exist in the French language. Being three sheets to the wind, I'm sure it doesn't well, translate. We need to work on that. As our, red- as our resident French expert, Tim... That is your job. Wee wee. We're the podcast that likes to focus on the adult side of Disney. From parks to movies to dining, we'll cover everything they have to offer, including their drinks. I'm Mikey, and tonight I'm involved in a little something called a menage a trois. That was also French. Oh. Okay. Tim? Uh, if you say that was French, I'm, you know, yeah, maybe. Part of it was. The first word, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of caught, Maria? I want to know who the top and who the bottom is. <laughs> Who's the in between? What's the... Where are we stacking? Well, you always well, said... as the cheerleader, <laughs> she was always, you're, you're on the bottom. the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah, Maria's <laughs> always at the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> Right. She, you're the base, yes, and you're all about it. Adam, how are you, sir? Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is authentic. <laughs> oh yeah. So grab yourself a healthy pour of Chateauneuf de Pop, and let's enjoy <laughs> Disney together. Um, I know Maria, how what to was that? that one? Chateauneuf de Pop. <laughs> Okay, I gotta find out. Uh, Maria, what the hell are you drinking? Uh, so I haven't <laughs> taken a sip yet. I'm gonna take a sip right now. It is the Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer Cucumber Lime. It is 80 calories and zero calories. So I, it's 
smells like potpourri. Mm. But, uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, you no, could have stopped at Michelob and just thrown it out. It's hmm. not bad. It tastes like a cucumber. I'm eating a salad and drink corn. Mm. I'm drinking a salad and eat corn. No, I'm <laughs> that was basically the, the the audible version of the girl who goes to the gas pumps and it's on the wrong side of her car so she keeps circling so to the around. next pump thinking <laughs> that she's good and you just you just um okay this so is not what, bad. what what percentage of the alcohol is that four is it four oh it's a yell so an alcoholic yell over it's the a, cup it's, a, it's not even really like a, it's a whimper. It's, it's like a, a murmur. From across the room, you hit one of those things where you whisper, but you can hear it on the other side of the room. Todd those, can't. What are those called? <laughs> it's called. It's, it's the... spend some time in a room with some real alcohol then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not at the Michelob factory. No. It no. <laughs> no it Actually, that's okay. That's not. It's not horrible. It's not that bad. It's all what can be wrong with it. Right. Michelob is an Anheuser joint, isn't it? I, I, Are they still under, like, the Budweiser umbrella, basically? I am not. Uh, yes, actually, they are. Right? Anheuser. So is yours organic, Maria? Yeah. Ugh. Organic. I, you know, I don't know how you make organic The USDA care. certified organic seltzer on the market, I would. Well, you know, good for you. Was that in a variety pack? <laughs> I created oh, so you, it. So you handpicked it. I did. I handpicked it. Well, I didn't want to commit to the entire 12 pack of the variety pack. So I. Mm. Mm. And then I also have I also have a busy hard seltzer, which is the pineapple mango, which I've had that one before. That's my second drink. And that one's really good. Um. So, does it taste as good as the cucumber drinks that I was making? Oh, no. <laughs> Not even close. No, dude. The, don't ever drink with Adam where he is the bartender. Because you will end the night by putting beer in your martini glass. Uh-uh. And drunk calling all of your No, friends. no. We had... Yeah. And happy drinks end up on the floor. I only made two drinks, Shit. Maria. Yeah. You started making your own drinks. Well, after I drank... You're too. <laughs> so it wasn't just me, like, started getting everybody drunk. I was. I passed out as soon as they left. I passed out as soon as I got in the car. At about the same time that I passed. We didn't even pull off the block, and he was hunched over, leaning onto the. I had to keep pushing him over because he kept leaning onto me, and I'm like, I'm trying to drive. <laughs> Should have thrown me in the back. And I was sadly stone cold sober. Okay, so we've spent like five minutes talking about what I'm drinking. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> else, please. Adam, what have you got? I saw have... yeah. hand. Yes, I actually have a crawler from Angry Eric Brewery in Jersey, and it's the Hellcrow. And it's an amberish? Red? Red. Nice. It's really good. Look, looks very clear. It's a red. <laughs> With the webcam filter. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's not showing up. There, oh, there, oh, there yeah. it is. Okay, there yeah. Is. I see it now. It is red. Oh, riveting radio. Tim, <laughs> what have you got? I've got some of the last 
Mad Elf oh, in no. existence for this year. Sad. Uh, <laughs> Pour one out for your homies, but not that because you don't want to waste it. No, no you don't want to waste it. It's not 11% alcohol. You don't want to waste this. So, Mikey, are you drinking Chef Denista Pop? I am not. Oh. Um, I went uh, to like the only other pl- only place down here that you know I go to get organically brewed uh, beer. Um, Got to be organic because it's made by monks. That's Adam's been. Why does it have to be organic? Because it's made by monks. Well, they don't want to pollute their bodies. That, Temple and all that. Um, um, that's not the way that works. Yeah. Oh, well, then it's probably not uh, organic. But you know, I got I got the old country monk brewing. Uh, I don't have high expectations for this. It's one of their newest things. It's it's their first foray into the world of seltzers, Maria. Oh no. Oh. So it's blackberry. I have not tried it yet. Um, you know, my my the, the the guy that works down there. I asked him about it. He says, "Yeah, we 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 yeah, we made one." Ooh, why would you buy Which, that then? Well, why not? If, if I don't know if I dislike it until I try it. You don't have the curiosity, right? Yes, but I have. You mental. end up drinks like Maria. That's, that's not bad at all, and it, it's not what I, when you think of like a seltzer like what Maria has, you're thinking of something with very little flavor. This is uh, just like a softer version of like that. Um, what is it? That that Budweiser blueberry beer that is just Ooh, like, like that. super sweet. Yeah, no, this is way more toned down, but but definitely not not a not a beer. It's definitely a seltzer. It's uh, it's definitely artificial. Then. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's cold. It's fizzy. That'll do big. Well, since none of us are drinking anything from the nation of France, I can do a shot of something. I'll just <laughs> have a liqueur if I need to. We do have French do, wine. Do you have that fancy uh, tequila? No, I don't. That coin throw? No, I do not. I think that all the flower liqueur I have is from. I'd have to look. I think I've got some. Uh, no chartreuse. Whatever. That sounds very French. I do not have chartreuse. <laughs> I, I've got some ingredients for the Grand Marnier slush, but like they're not <laughs> the actual name brand ingredients because I can't afford that shit. Uh, it's all you know. It's just like the Sam's Choice version of a Grand Marnier slush. It's like you get it at like you know Sam's Dollar General. It's a DG. <sighs> Folks are joke falling as flat as myself to right now. <laughs> so let's talk uh, about the, the the France Pavilion as as we do another one of our ultimate Epcot or, or our Epcot uh, tour because um, we're we're getting down to the nitty gritty. I think we only have just a couple left. I don't even know how many we've done. I don't either. I was just... Let's just say the majority. You have done... Yes. This is the second one that I've been on for, but you guys have done more than half. Well, I mean... I think. 
just means you get around. Did you just call me a whore? We're Epcot whores. <laughs> I mean, I called all three of you Epcot whores. Oh. To be quite oh. honest. What in Paris? That's why it's a menage <laughs> à part. <laughs> all right, so. France Pavilion was one of the pavilions in World Showcase that opened up with Epcot in 82. Pretty sure what I read. I didn't write that down, but that sounded good when I read it, so I'm going with it. Uh, but going back into to France's history, the uh, the 18 late 1800s and early 1900s were basically an amazing time for the majority of Central and Western Europe as a whole. You had political and financial stability across the continent. There, you had innov- innovations in transportation like planes trains and automobiles god i was hoping somebody I knew he that was for me fucking a man but i mean but no you did you had motor cars and you had uh you know steam engines um and you had new forms of media you know coming out like uh the moving pictures in the cinema uh gramophone record players they were just common they were household items at this time and artists such as renoir and matisse they were just writing you know on their popularity and all across paris the visionary designs of Baron George Eugene Hausman started to come to fruition. And his vision was basically he wanted to modernize the city of Paris. So you you saw um, the infrastructure improved with roadways being widened. Uh, buildings were able to, to grow taller up to seven, up to seven stories. Dun, dun, dun. That's nosebleed territory. I tell you what, my ears pop just thinking about it. And uh, you had, uh, with, with, with taller, you know, buildings, you were able to get more ornate and, and beautiful uh, stylized architecture that was eventually referred to as the Bella Epoque. Epic? Epoque? I don't know. It translates to beautiful age. Epoque, I don't know. Uh, but it, it's this particular time period in France's uh, history that the Disney Imagineers chose to kind of recreate the, the the nation for World Showcase. So, as with every, piv- this is the stupidest line in all of my notes that I actually typed out. I should have just copied and pasted someone else's shit because this is just ignorant. Brace yourselves for this bracing. This is why I'm bracing not a journalist. As with every pavilion in World Showcase, there's two ways to get into the France Pavilion. From the left or from the right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Somehow that sounded good when my sober ass wrote that down. And I'm kind of a nitpick for... for wow. <laughs> you couldn't even go with yep. the French road for, for left or right? I don't. I didn't know they had them. So w- one way, and also depends on which direction you're facing, which is left and which is right. But... Um, one way will bring you in overland from the Morocco Pavilion. Uh, this is actually the direction I typically recommend to get into France, because if you try to come from the UK, then you'll end up climbing a pyramid in Mexico by the time you're done with World Showcase. Why would you walk all the way around that way? What I'm saying is uh, you, you start drinking in Mexico, and then you finish it. <sighs> Because I tell you, tough crowd. No, because you said you were walking from the UK pavilion to Mexico to get to France. No, towards Mexico. 
Is that yeah, the left the, or the, the right? Two, the, that's the left or the okay. right. Yes. So no matter where we start, I always do all of my well, majority of my drinking in France. I don't <laughs> usually make it to Mexico unless I. That's start why I there. start there. That I don't only make it to France. No, France has the best drinks. Yep. And the best food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if if you come into the uh, pavilion from the UK, you get a chance to cross the uh, little footbridge there that is reminiscent of the old uh, Pont de Art, which is France's or Paris's first metal bridge. It's in a lot of black and white photos because they didn't have color back then. Everything was black and white. Now, when you cross the bridge, because uh, we're just going to go ahead and start there and go on through, because that's a good focal point. Um, you cross the bridge, you're going to get your first glimpse of kind of what makes this area just just feel like France, not necessarily Paris, but France as a whole. For instance, the entire right side waterway that splits the French and UK pavilions is inspired by the, uh, is it Seine River? Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> that one right well it's got two e's and an i and that could go a whole many so the Seine river and that that's what connects france to the english channel and uh the left side of that bridge um as, as you're crossing it if you look there's going to be this little bitty little ledge uh underneath the french pavilion that has like some old boats and crates and stuff stacked up on it um and, and if you keep going and cross the bridge and look to your immediate left along that wall above the boats, this is so funny. I love this. There's uh, a bunch of ugly green metal boxes all the way down that wall. A lot of them, they're padlocked. Or they look padlocked. But all the way down the wall are these ugly green boxes that legit look like the trash cans we have up here in our you know state park to keep pandas, trash pandas out. Um... They're just, they're just these big metal lock boxes. And in Paris, they have boxes similar to that that line uh, the riverbank of, uh, or the embankment, embankments of the Seine. And they, these boxes, they've got like rare books. They've got uh, artwork and souvenirs from Paris. And basically, you've got flea marketers out there selling all this shit to tourists as, as they're walking by. When they're done, they just lock up their fucking box and go home at the end of the day. You know, they don't even have to roll up the rug. They just, we're done. My box, locking it. I'm going home. Now, if you if you look, some of these boxes are actually already opened up, and you can see kind of some some samples of, of the stuff they would normally be uh, selling um, there in, in, in France. And uh, moving on, you stick to the edge of that pavilion where you've got those boats and crates and stuff on that water uh, ledge. Uh, is There's like this little bitty wooden easel down there with a painting on it. I don't remember mm. it being that little. Well, I mean, it's forced perspective. No, it's, it's, it's pretty normal size. Yeah. I, I don't know why I said little bitty. Because <laughs> you're forcing perspective. <laughs> I guess. There, there, there is an Just adic- like your uh, left and right <laughs> two ways yeah, to get into France. Yeah, it's everything in France is just supposed to be small, I guess. Most of the French pavilion that you actually see and you walk around it is down this kind of narrow alleyway that's lined with, you know, shops and stores on both sides and, and eateries and stuff like that. And then you have, obviously, 
uh, probably one of the most prominent landmarks in World Showcase being the Eiffel Tower because there's not really any other nation that has stuff that you can look at and say, okay, I know that specifically is the is, is you know from that that nation like the architecture styling is is similar in like italy and in germany and it's inspired by and so on and so forth but um they used gustav eiffel's blueprints to recreate the eiffel tower of france and they made it about one tenth scale um it only stands 30 or it stands about 69 feet tall but it's on the roof of a 34 foot tall building and then, of course, they, they use force perspective with how it's built to make it look like it's just tall and sitting way off uh, back in the background. But uh, I didn't think they actually... I mean, they use so much detail. There's like little bitty miniature um, elevators, elevator cars up there. And then in front of that area where you, you view the Eiffel Tower, where the, the fountains and, and everything is, you've got uh, a bunch of these like kiosks kind of sitting out there and and they're no one's selling anything out of them but they represent a, a normal site you see uh, up and down the streets of paris and they, they serve as like information boards advertisements or like a newspaper uh stand um the ones in the france pavilion they're plastered with like art from french artists uh, promoting upcoming exhibits and stuff like that um and before they expanded uh the international gateway there um you had this really cool kind of a park there you couldn't access it but it was more like like a like a grassy hillside that you could you could see from you know behind a fence or whatever and it was actually inspired by the uh painting a sunday afternoon on the island of la grande jacques that's one of my favorite so if i mean it, it almost looks like a a mirror image of it so like in, in the painting you have i think the water to the left and the uh, the grass walkway to the right in Epcot. If you stand in the right spot, the water's on the right, and the uh, the the grassy knoll is, is on the left hand side. But it's uh, it, it's just really cool. Like they, it looked a lot nicer before they they did the international gateway thing. But anyway, that's a nice a nice little touch. So, um, speaking of the. Uh, gardens i guess um the imagineers and plants and stuff like that they wanted this uh, urban uh feel uh throughout the pavilion that would reflect what they considered a perpetual springtime in paris so they used the landscaping uh to their benefit with this and they 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 incorporated a lot of flowers and blooming trees and the colorful plants and shrubs out there so it always has a lot of bright popping color uh something that they wanted to be a site that would be capable of um, inspiring an impressionist artist to sit down, throw up an easel, and begin painting. And, you know, I think back on it, I think they kind of, they, they did that, actually. It, it does look like it's always spring, which it's Florida, so they can pull that off. Mm. So, now, speaking of these plants, if you move around, you've also got the uh, French formal garden, which is um, that area over there near the uh, character meet. Uh, I mean, from the top, it kind of looks like a labyrinth hedge maze thing, but um, the uh, style of landscaping that the French used, uh, it's supposed to symbolize balance and symmetry, which is why it is kind of 
a, a totally symmetrical layout when when you look at it from from the top down. Uh, it's just very very gratifying to see that it's just you know it's, it's like filling up your car and ended in all zeros. It's, it's very pleasing to the eye. Is that only if you come from the left or the right? It's from the top down. Oh, hot. Actually. So. Uh, now as, uh, before you get into the pavilion, you're walking around, you look down, um, sort of the pathway changes coming from Morocco into France. And there, there are this, uh, this dark uh, pigment within the, uh, the paved stones that's supposed to represent the Strait of Gibraltar. Don't know why it's dark represent the Strait of Gibraltar, but that discoloration is supposed to represent the strait, and uh, basically that's the stretch of water that, you know, it connects the Mediterranean Sea to the Atlantic Ocean and separates Europe from Africa, and the historical thought here is that uh, originally, I guess, you know, Epcot was supposed to have a Spain pavilion in the early design talks on it. Yeah, they, and I think it that was one of the one that was ditched relatively early though because it was too much of the same right yeah yeah and but that's this it would have been i i guess in kind of this area where they had the the symbolism of the uh of the spread of gibraltar but uh let's get into the fucking pavilion hot instead of talking about the outside of it i will say the main part of the pavilion as you walk into it is, is kind of just supposed to rep- represent Paris but that back area that small kind of offshoot in the back is kind of called Le Petit Rue and that little, like a little dead end street that's supposed to be indicative of the uh, smaller towns and provinces throughout France that, that, that kind of style they got back there but uh, enough of that let's spend some money while we're here Cool. Let's let's go shopping. Let's go shopping. Let's shop. Is there anything to buy here? <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. That won't get you drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've just seen a lot of shopping. Um. But what is that? What is that in French? In French? In France? What is that in French? Can you pass that French dressing? It's French and ranch dressing combined. (laughs) It's mustard. I have no idea. You know how to see six in French? What? You know how to see six in French? No. No. Otherwise, I would have said it. What is it? You don't even know. uh, No, I think it's cease. I mean, I think it's Yeah, I think it's Yeah, because Sace is Spanish, and Spanish mm-hmm. and French are very similar, so. Sure. Um, so, every time, not every time, I've done this point. Each <laughs> <Wow>. time, <laughs> each so we were... time we do an ultimate Epcot, and I take the shopping, because, of course, I'm going to take the shopping. Um, because I feel out of the four of us, I would be the one that would be shopping the most. Maybe that's a stereotypical insight, but whatever. So when we did the Germany Pavilion, I took the shopping. And there were so, I realized that there were so many different shops. And the Germany Pavilion, 
Yeah, but there we go. That's that four percent yeah, coming I know, out. Right? Mm-hmm. Coming up. Like it's like you got a yeah. cucumber in your throat. Um, so four percent Maria Land is like twelve percent for the rest yeah, of us. Yeah. You know. If you travel, notice that if you drink two of those, us, it'd be eight percent. None of us commented on the fact that it's still January, and we're all supposed to be dry. <laughs> yeah, that, that trip has sailed. <laughs> that dry, dry January ended for me two weeks ago. <laughs> no, nobody made it. Now, I mean, to be fair, I think this is only my fourth or fifth night of drinking. I haven't nearly drank as much as I normally do. I had a tea once. There you go. On one night. Yep. yep. Got to give that liver a twenty-four hour break. Proud of you, Mike. Thank you. So. When I was doing the research for this Ultimate Epcot, again, I realized, holy shit, there are a lot of shops in this pavilion that I never walk into, that I don't pay attention to. I'm just, I don't know if I'm too busy eating and drinking whatever is at the festival at that point in time or whatever festival is going on, but I just never take the time to go into the pavilions and go into the shops. You really need to be more conscious conscious of doing that um well so, I, to 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 give you credit though a lot of these shops are interconnected so it's when you walk yeah. into one and you start walking through them all you don't even realize you're you might be transitioning into a, a different shop yeah, or a different that's area true. but i never walk into any of these shops oh, okay. like the really the only one that i walk into is the one that is attached to the facility um which is uh Souvenirs de France, which translates to souvenirs from France. Or wow. France, or French. I thought she was just going to say French shit. <laughs> I was waiting for French. French tchotchkes made in China. Basically, it's, it's French, French shit. Shit from France. Okay. Mad. Yeah. Um, so, it is, it's kind of between the patisserie and the Impressions de France exit. So, it's it's very small. It's right there in the middle. Um, you can find your very stereotypical French souvenirs here, berets, mini Eiffel Towers, and like neon green, because we all need that. Um, t-shirts that say France. Um, there are some purses. There's French art that you can buy. And then you're also going to find, this is the shop where you're going to find the Disney cartoons that are French, so the Aristocats, um, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty, those are all fairy tales or stories rather that take place in France or, or are from France, French origin. So you'll find some of those items there. Um, one of the videos I was watching had, it had this whole, I think this was like a year ago, but it was like a whole line of Minnie Mouse with like a beret and a little like scarf tied around her neck and and like French phrases like oui <laughs> or or like like had the Eiffel Tower behind her <laughs> like it was very it was they were cute but like I not. wonder if that was around the time that um, Disney launched the new French 
episode-themed Mickey Mouse cartoon. Because there is a... There is an episode that's all in French. It wasn't the new animation, though. Like, is, it, is it, it in the new animation, or is it the old? Yeah, it's new. It's yeah, new it animation. Wasn't, it wasn't... It was a very stylized version of Mickey Mouse. Oh, okay. Like, it wasn't a typical version of an animated movie. Gotcha. Um, I mean, they were cute, but, like, not anything that I would... Or really anyone would buy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that's the first shop, and and that's down, like I said, like between the Pizzeria and Impressions de France, kind of smack dab in the middle there. You come out of that shop, and you turn to your left, so if you're coming out of the shop, you turn to the left. Um, there are a couple of little shops right there, and like you said, Adam, they're all kind of like interconnected, but they do have separate names. So the first one is Esprit de la Province, which is the Spirit of Province. Um, and that's a lot of, like, interesting, so th I think this is more of, like, the cooking shop. So you have aprons, you have cookbooks, um, you have kitchen goods, like, trivets and casserole dishes. Um, you have some French herbs that are, like, bottled, canned, packaged, whatever, you can buy them there. Um. And then you have Ratatouille merchandise, which of course makes sense because it's our film about cooking. Um, but then you have like soaps. It's not kitchen hand soap, like bath soap. And some lavender scented items, like little sachets that you would put into like your underwear drawer. <laughs> make your underwear smell like lavender. And like lavender oils and like bath salts and so that was kind of like it I guess it's more home goods um really more than well, anything but I thought that was kind of interesting where like all cooking and French cuisine and here's some ratatouille merchandise and then like here's some lavender well when I think of provincial it's France I actually kind of like, think of wide open lavender fields for some reason because yeah, like every listen. picture you see of provincial France has a giant in lavender my field. Head, in my head, I decided that this didn't make sense. Okay, don't go clouding my argument with facts. All right? I am, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just saying yeah, from a no. different perspective. No, I don't need your fucking different perspective. Listen here, bitch. <laughs> I, I know who the fuck you think you is. But let me tell you a few things, Miss New Host. We give our own opinions on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Uh, okay, Welcome to my last Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> attached to that is attached to that like cooking shop um, is La Vins de France, which is which means um, the wines of France. But within this shop, it's two little shops that have different names. So when I was doing my research for this, I was so fucking confused because I kept looking stuff up and I was like, wait a minute, that's not the name that I typed in. Where is this at? Wait a minute, that's not the name I typed in. Where's this at? And then finally I figured out like, oh shit, <laughs> these places are in the shop. So this is Le Vin de France, which is the wines of France, which is 
um, within the shop, it's two separate shops. And the first spot is um, La Maison du Vin, which is the wine house. And this is the wine bar. I'm sorry, this is, yeah, this is the wine bar <laughs> where you can get in and you can buy French wine and champagne by the glass. Um, you can also find some wine accessories. Um, again, with some kitchen linens. I don't, like, there's tons of well, kitchen stuff all throughout these French shops, which I understand, like French cooking and all that stuff. probably not kitchen linens. They're probably actually wine linens. Yeah. Is there a difference? The, yes. See, the website I was on said kitchen linen, but maybe there's a difference. What's the difference? I mean, it, it's probably the easiest way to explain it, probably. but it's a special, like, thing that you wrap around the wine, so yeah. especially when you're pouring red wine, when it starts dripping, it actually hits the okay. linen and not the table. I understand what you're And champagne, when you're, hold, when you're pouring a champagne bottle, you're, it's like an insulation through your hand doesn't warm up the champagne while you're gotcha. pouring Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Um... In addition to the um, champagnes and the wines that you can buy by the glass, there is also the wine walk, which I don't know that this is being done right now because of, you know, stipulations with COVID and everything. Um, But you used to be able to do the wine walk here and get your wine flight, but you could also get a champagne flight. And they also used to carry the um, slushy drinks here, but I don't think that they do that anymore because there's a kiosk now out front of the um, think, Yeah, they haven't had the slushy drinks back there for a while, I want to say. That's what I figured. Um, I don't remember ever remember seeing them back there. Yeah, me either. Yeah, well, they said they used to be, so I don't, again, I don't know how long I wonder if they had, that was. Did they have the wine slushies back there? Because I know that became a thing. I don't... I don't ever remember a wine slushy. Okay. But it doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Um, so I don't know. Um, the other place is the other shop within the wine shop is Alvin's de France, which means with French wine, which is where you can buy the full bottles. Um, you can also buy uh, wine glasses and champagne flute, and then you can also get it's so you can also get uh, Maxim de Paris, which is a company out of Paris who makes uh, chocolates and cookies. Um, this company began in 1990, and the only other shop that I could find of theirs was in Paris. So I'm sure that there are other places within the United States that carry their, their you know, food, but... Epcot was truly the only one that I could find that had it listed. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, too. And you can also find, <laughs> again, soap. <laughs> so I'm guessing that these are like kitchen soap, hand soap that you would use. And then also Emile Henry cookware, which is the really colorful um, kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's, a, it's very vivid colorful sort of bright like colors yeah um so you would get casserole dishes and the trivets and the um pie plates and all of that kind of stuff but it's a very um i want to say french country because i don't think that's really the south that's all i can is think it of provincial right now. no i don't is that <laughs> is it 
is, is lavender colored? It is not lavender colored. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Jeez. What's the name of it? Hen- Emil Henry. I want to say it kind of reminds me of Le Creuset stuff. Probably. I think if I saw Le Creuset stuff, I'd, I'd say yeah. Yeah, they're ceramic coated cookware. So yeah, it's like Le They're really pretty. Um, yeah. But I can imagine that they're probably pretty you're buying cookware and that pot that's not it's not cheap. <laughs> you're also probably not trying to travel with it home because it's as if it's as heavy as some of the Lake Crusade, it's gonna throw off your luggage big time. Right. They're actually not as expensive as Lake Crusade. No. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll come home with a casserole dish. No. A thirteen by nine casserole dish is sixty bucks. Bad. That's not bad at all, no, actually. That's not bad at all. That's really not for. I mean, I don't know that. But that on a casserole dish, that was that would probably be three hundred bucks. Because you're mm-hmm. gonna cover shit up with a casserole. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but the outside soaks really pretty. Yeah, it is. When you put it in one of them casserole booty things. That covers it up. <laughs> yeah, when you take it to wherever you're going. Look. Um, and then. There are three stores within an area called the Arcade, which this is across the pavilion. Um, When you walk up to the front of the pavilion and you have the fountains in front and you have impressions in the front and the back, if you go to the left, you see all of the shops that I've already mentioned. And then if you go to the right, you have um, another section of shops. So the arcade is uh, one of one of the sections, and within the arcade there are three different stores. Um, each of these stores have a French brand of perfume and makeup. Um, the last time anything was written about it, it was uh, Givenchy, Christian Dior, and a. A brand that I don't, I don't, never heard of, and I, I don't really know how to pronounce it. Curlan, Curlain. Um, yeah, close. Okay. I don't know how to close? say it either, but it, I know the brand. And each of the shops is is almost like a mini Sephora, where it's like a very where you go in, you can sit in a chair. They will try the makeup on you. They will give you like a sample of something. They'll try it on your on your skin. Um, there's there's mirrors there that you can look at yourself and try on different stuff that they have samples of. You can try the different perfumes, smell the different perfumes. Um, and in some of the stores, I don't know if it's all three of them, but in some of them you can also have your perfume bottles engraved um, if you spend $50 or more. Now that was free shutdown, and I don't think it's being offered right now. But hopefully once everything gets back to normal, then that'll start up again. Um, And then the last shop, if you come out of the arcade and kind of go around the corner, like towards where the Ratatouille new area is going to be, there's a librarie at Gallery, which is bookstore and gallery. Um, And again, it's, it's still a perfume shop, but this is French perfume that is not the designer brand 
So it's still going to be expensive, but it's not going to be the super expensive luxury stuff. Um, and you can also find some purses there and hair accessories and just other little like knickknacks kind of things that wouldn't fit in any of the other stores. So I want to say the perfume there is not much cheaper. No, we're looking you at like five to ten dollars cheaper, if anything. It's still cheaper. I, I can't walk into that store just like I wouldn't be able to walk store. into any of those stores nope. because the smell would just knock me on my headache. Back. No, no thank you. I I want to say I bought cologne from the Italy store before because they have um different brands. I used to wear Givenchy high a hundred years ago when it first came out. Kind of a vanilla smell to it. That's the only thing I remember. But um, you can get Aqua de Jo from the Italy store. Italy. But you can find it cheaper almost every place else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the draw is to buy those brands from the brand pavilion. I can tell you what the draw is. Oh shit, my perfume cologne bottle broke on the way down. Oh, yeah. And I need something oh, to smell easy. pretty with. Can you imagine <laughs> how, what that would smell like? Who's bringing <laughs> cologne with them or perfume with them on fucking vacation? Me. I what? do all the time. What? Um, uh, we have we have cologne in our purple locker. Just so you know. Well, then you're not bringing it. It's already there. <laughs> no, but when we didn't well, have, we a normally locker. bring it, but it always explodes because I use um, spice bomb, and it's like a grenade-shaped bottle, and to keep it from spraying, there's like a little clip that holds the spray nozzle down. The clip always pops out while we're traveling and just explodes all over the suitcase. So. We left it in a purple lock. It's also probably why our luggage gets checked pretty often because there's kind of a grenade-shaped like shape grenade. bottle in the freaking yeah, bag. No. <laughs> and it's called Palm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. What? What's this, what? sir? Oh, that's my palm. <laughs> that's my palm. palm. Which I think is. I think it's a French cologne as well. No, I'm I don't sorry. Think I'm sorry, is. sir. Did you say bomb? Yeah. No, like um, like bomb. Like B A U M, like bomb, bomb, like but not not. No, bomb. it's B O M B. Listen, I'm trying to help you out, Tim. Can we eat something? I'm hungry. Talking about France, not hungry. Yeah. Well, I would like to eat some French food. Well, there's one surname that you need to know when it comes to food at the uh, French Epcot Pavilion, and that's Bocuse. So the very first restaurant was Chefs de France, and it, it was at park opening in 1982. It was opened by Roger Verge, Gaston Linalta, and Paul Bocuse. 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 Merci, Bocuse. It was the first restaurant, first U.S. restaurant in Bocuse's repertoire. He was named the best French craftsman in 1961 and chef of the century in 2011 by the Culinary Institute of America. And he has achieved many extraordinary culinary honors throughout his career, including three Michelin stars for 48 straight years of his life at the, his Lyon restaurant. Auberge de Pont de, de Cologne. So, Chef de France is a 
brasserie style restaurant serving French Nouvelle cuisine. It's in a French cafe style with big expansive windows and it overlooks the promenade. And you can find items such as onion soup, charcuterie plates, uh, chicken dishes, beef bourguignon, uh, filet mignon, and salmon dishes. It's very comfortable French comfort type foods. So that's the, the first table service restaurant. And uh, Paul ran the restaurant until 1996 when his son, Jerome, took over. Jerome took over the whole family business in 1993, but took over the Disney side of it in 1996. The two kiosks that are in France, the first one is Crepes de Chefs de France, and that serves crepes, assorted cold drinks, espresso, and Cronenberg beer, which I think that's going to go away when the new crepe restaurant opens up. We'll talk about that in a second. And our favorite kiosk, Le Vin de Chefs de France, and that serves wine, champagne, beer, and our favorite slushies. Woohoo! The orange slush, the citron slush, and the Legion slush. Always with Which the is just... Shot. Yes. Always get the double shot. Moving on to over by where the shops are, you have Boulangerie Patisserie Leal, which is just like a French bakery. And it's, it's, if you've ever been inside there, it's very relaxing. It's very, you, you know, you expect to sit there with a baguette and a cup of coffee in the morning. But they're well known for their croque monsieur, which is a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. The ham and cheese croissants and their selection of delicious macarons. If you ever want, like, the best macaron at Disney, you gotta go there. They have the jumbo one. Where it took Adam and I, like, an hour to eat this thing. It's, like, the size of a Whopper. It's gigantic. It's so good, though. And you figure, like, the texture and everything would be th thrown off because the size of it and how hard they are to prepare and make properly. But it was so good. No, the outside was crunchy. Inside was chewy, just like a macaron should be. We ate there... You didn't eat there, Mikey, for the at the end of the fishing trip, did you? You you let, no. you went off somewhere with James. Yeah, James and I just drank. Yeah, the rest of us ate there. Oh, what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> to eat instead of drink. <laughs> I can tell you what it's like. Uh, and it's oddly enough the one of the only bathrooms in Disney that are uni uh, unisex. Yeah, is in that. Really? Shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, the, is that, are those the only bathrooms in that pavilion? Mm. There was until recently. They just added new bathrooms oh. with the expansion. Right. There are bathrooms in where well, you can use them in um, Chef's France and Monsieur Paul. And there's also, I mean, when you think about it, I want to say the next pavilion over has bathrooms and you can always walk to um, the gateway. International Gateway. Yeah, UK bathroom. has them and Gateway has mm -hmm. them. So, next up we have L'Artesson de Glace, which is their ice cream shop. And they serve ice cream and sorbet, and they're most known for the Croque Glace, which is a scoop of ice cream sandwiched between a warm brioche bun. We haven't had this yet. We keep saying we're going to try it, yep, but we never do. This is one of no. the things that is a must must do 
every single time we are there. Yep. It is so fucking good. You can skip that because those freaking ice cream martinis that they have now. Oh well, yeah, I mean, those two, written, I'm sorry. Why, why are you limiting yeah. yourself? Why, why are you doing because that? Because it's too much ice cream. I don't. I don't know. There is no such thing. I don't know. In one serving, there is. Uh uh-uh. uh. Hmm. One has vodka, one doesn't. That's the way I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> so with the with the new expansion, the newest restaurant is a is a combination of quick service and table service, and it's the Creperie de Paris, and it's uh, a new restaurant. The menu is done by Jerome Bacuse. It's taking inspiration from the Brittany region of France, and it's going to serve sweet and savory crepes. I still to this. I've never had a yeah, savory crepe. Yeah, just say. Really? I love sweet crepes. Oh, they're really good. But I've never had a, sweet, a savory one. So what would be so like? Be interesting. In a sweet crepe, like eggs and like sausage and stuff. Um, if you're doing a breakfast one, Probably. yeah. No, if you're doing a lunch breakfast or a dinner one, one, it would be maybe one with some steak. Three cheeses, yeah. Um, Ooh. We with cranberries and a. Oh. Yep, yep. You can do something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, they'll probably do that during. You hello. Can do like a like a something not oh, very rich, like a brisket and cheddar. Like you get. I mean, there's anything anything that you would put in a sandwich can go in a crepe. Like the Are meat and the cheese. Caramelized onions. I mean, a crepe can be whatever you want it. So that leaves us with the piece de resistance. C'est uh, magnifique. One of the mother of all restaurants, Monsieur Paul. So Monsieur Paul was formerly Bistro de Paris, and it was founded with the same chefs as um, Chefs de France. It was renamed Monsieur Paul in honor of Paul Bocuse when it was refurbished in 2013. The refurbishment included bright colors and an elegant yet relaxed approach to French dining. It offers an a la carte menu, a prefix menu, four course prestige, and a seven course degustation menu. I, I, and we'll get into the menus uh, I, a little bit. And the menu was designed by Chef Nicolas Lemoyne, which was he was a student and a chef at Bocuse uh, Lyon restaurant. And this menu. Is probably one of my most favorite menus in all of Disney. And it's currently unavailable. The restaurant hasn't opened yet, reopened from COVID yet. But you have things that you have escargot, oxtail, smoked fish assortment, and some appetizers, chicken breast terrine. They used to have a carrot soup, which is seasonal, and is probably one of the most, my most favorite soups ever that I've had. Did I have the leek soup there? The main course is. What? I think I had a leek soup though. That was really you good. You had a leek too. soup, yeah. Leek soup, leek soup is more their spring soups, and then the the fall is the carrot, carrot soup. A, a bacon wrapped golden tile fish, black sea bass, roasted duck magret, pan seared arctic char. I think you've had that once before, mm-hmm. Adam. I had the pan seared arctic. I had the arctic char and the um the wrap, the bacon wrap. Uh, seared New York strip steak and a veal chop. Now, for the prefix menu, the prestige is $89 as the menu that's currently on Disney's website, but when they reopen it, may change. So, the first course is a red beet soup or marinated hamachi and avocado. 
second course is your choice of appetizer, oxtail broth with braised beef, vegetables, black winter truffles covered in puff pastry, a chicken breast tureen with tarragon, chicken liver mousse, radishes and marinated vegetables, fingerling potato salad, garlic sausage, comp cheese or mustard vinaigrette. Third course is lobster thermidor or Mornay sauce stuffed pasta, parsnip frisee salad, squab breast, cranberries, brots and chestnuts, squab jus, venison steak, creamy mushroom rice, king oyster mushrooms or parmesan sauce, and a choice of dessert. You say squab. You're talking like fucking pigeon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. kidding, but I'm in. Yep. Squab is like a pigeon. It's not pigeon, but it, it, it's a bird. It's, uh... it's fowl. Why are you eating it? <laughs> no, it's not fowl. It's not a water fish. It's not a water bird. It's, um... Oh, what's a... Like a dove? Yeah, like a dove. Which is a pigeon. Okay. Okay. A pigeon. It's like a fancy pigeon. Under glass? So the the, the prefix menu, the, the, the gustation is like a small tastings of the chef's favorite dishes. So it's kind of like what we had at um, Wow, why can't it? I was just going to say, is it an expensive one? It's, 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 it's probably honestly closer to what we have here in the Poconos, believe it or not, where we had the tasting menu at a local Italian restaurant. With a chef, oh, like what were they do in Haleo? No, with that chef's no, 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 menu no, 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 no. thing. No. no, no, no. This is actually the chef like choosing, depending on what was in stock and what was fresh. Yeah, he, oh, he picks okay. okay. To give you an example, what's on the menu right now? So this is one hundred and nineteen dollars for adult. The first course is scallops and exotic fruits. Second course is escargot with garlic, watercress, potatoes, and chicken velote. Third course is turbo filet with beets, mascarpone, and lemon. Fourth course is chilled pear soup with a pepper shoot. Fifth course is buffalo tenderloin, crispy truffle dumpling, leek fondue, and truffle cream. Sixth course is choice of three imported French cheeses, and the seventh course is choice of dessert. Yes. Did I get all the six course? All the courses. You just want cheese for each course. <laughs> no, it just I would eat. Yes, I want the six course meal. Oh yeah. And there's like a you know the desserts are amazing. That mustard pole. And those very rarely change. And my two favorites are the warm chocolate almond cake with raspberry coulis and uh, hazelnut crust with hazelnut ice cream. Or the last sphere, which is a milk chocolate sphere with a chocolate almond cake, and they kind of melt the sphere. And it, and it, yeah, and it really reels the cake. It's so good. I miss this restaurant really badly. So do I. It, it became <laughs> a thing for us to come here every you know, time. One nineteen is not. It's not horrible for what you get. I mean, for a, like yeah, it, no. it gets horrible when they sell you the wine pairing. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there is a wine pairing. Yeah. yeah. That's where they make their money. But, I mean, I would definitely... If I had the chance to go there and they had this, I, I find anytime there's some sort of chef's tasting menu, mm-hmm. I'm going for it from now on. Yep. Because it's just... You get an experience that the chef has prepared 
just for that either day or what have you and it's just it's an you get a sampling it, it's not huge portions but you get a sampling of almost everything you want to try yeah it's not huge portions but you end up having you end a up full. lot of food and it's good yeah because the it's chef really enjoy, usually food. this is the stuff that the chef enjoys cooking the most I'm down. Well, I'm hungry now. Mm-hmm. Me wow. too. I'm always hungry for French food and Epcot. <sighs> All right, well, Adam. I guess that leaves me with the attractions. So You're attractive. I, I try my best. <laughs> Stop hitting on my husband. <laughs> so we Shucks. actually do have some former stuff that is no longer at the French Pavilion, and we're talking about some of the tiny attractions, really nothing major. We had Impossible World Showcase Adventure, which was here for a little while, and um, this was a thing that used to get a, like, a special little look, smartphone-looking thing that you'd walk around to the different spots in World Showcase. This one, each World Showcase spot had a different billion. Billion? Billion? That's a new way to say that. <laughs> Um, so each World Showcase spot had a different villain, and you're looking at, this was based on, and I've never watched Impossible, so this was Senor Senior Junior, and that's the name of the villain. I have no idea. I've never watched Impossible. Come on, Disney, do better. And this closed back in May 2012 to make room for Agent P Showcase, which I kind of upset I missed about because I jumped on this way too late. Um, this opened in June 2012, closed in February 17, 2020, and you used to be able to get two different things from the French Pavilion here. You would actually get an Agent P coin, which had Agent P on it. You also had a selfie taken by the Eiffel Tower, but for some reason you weren't allowed to keep it. And I, I don't quite, I, I've never played it, so if somebody's played it, you can try to explain it to me why you weren't allowed to keep the photo or what have you. Maybe you were able to take a picture of it. I don't know. For the main attraction, you have Impressions de France, which is open now. Opened in 1982. It is actually recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as holding the world record for the longest running daily screaming of a film in the same theater. Ta-da. I never saw it. Golf clap. Really? Nope. Really? I love it. Just the classical music alone is worth seeing it. I never saw it. I mean, a brief summary is it you've got a bunch of different scenes from the French countryside, major cities, important structures, and set to a musical score written and arranged by Buddy Baker. Um, and you have a whole bunch of classical French composers such as Claude Debussy. Camille St. Saints. I'm sure I'm killing the pronunciation of a lot of these names. It is what it is. Um, it is directed by Rick Harper, who written and co-produced the two-time Academy Award and is written and co-produced, I'm sorry, was written and co-produced by two-time Academy Award winner Bob Rogers. Um, so some of the views that you actually see from here is the Eiffel Tower, the Champs-Élysées, Arc de Triomphe, um, the French Alps, Versailles, Cannes, Notre Dame de Paris, and Normandy as well. And it is the soundtrack 
and it's narrated by how do you say this guy's name? Gobet? G O B E T? Gobet? Gobet? That's two T's, probably Gobet. It's one B. Gobet? T's, you said. No, one T. Left or right? Yes. <laughs> God, Gobet, or Gobet, or whatever. Fucking Claude. Um, as I said before, Buddy Baker actually arranged the film score. It was recorded by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra at the Abbey Road Studios. Um, digitally recorded with the Sony prototype recorder and became the first movie with a digital soundtrack from beginning to end. Which is kind of cool if you're a nerd guy like I am. So this is the first film that was ever totally recorded in digital. Anytime I hear that somebody's name is Buddy... Okay. Think of, no. Oil. No. Think of elf. And, oh, and when uh, the wall says, uh. "Hi, buddy. I hope you find your dad." <laughs> That's what I think of every. I've never seen that movie. Every single time. Um, there is a slight warning here. Adults kind of love this attraction because it's one of the only movies where you can actually sit down in Epcot mm-hmm. in air conditioning. However, kids most likely would not like it because it's French music and classical music, and it's just, it's French scenery and classical music. So, you know, I really enjoy this attraction. Maria's never seen it, but since it wasn't too kid-friendly, we got an overlay. Mm. I have seen the overlay. And this is Beauty and the Beast sing-along. Um, this is played as well, as well as the original attraction in this open January 17th, 2020. And it, it's played all th- How does, do you know how they play it? Um, so they, do they alternate it or is it at certain they, times? I don't remember. From what I remember, when I saw it, now I saw it right when it had first opened. So this was still 2019. It was, yeah, it was still 2019. So, I, when it it had first opened, it was playing every however many minutes um, all morning until 1 o'clock when it started alternating with Impressions of Rock. Okay. I guess it was to kind of take the load off of um, Frozen Ever After or whatever. Right, and plus at that point it was... It was new, so they figured, no, more shows. I'm not quite sure how they do it now. So, a very brief summary. It's narrated by Andrew Lansbury, and it's supposed to be a shortened version of the film. Somehow, LeFou is now the hero, which makes absolutely no sense to me. And it's supposed to be the actual feel of this. They were going for it, like, sort of like how The Lion King won in a half. Not I good. haven't seen it. I don't know if I'm going to see no. it. <laughs> I watched not... it on YouTube and don't. No, no. It's not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure what they were thinking with this one. Like, somebody was doing major, major drugs when they came up. It's not as fun as the Frozen one? No. no. There's it's no live not even like stage. the Frozen one. It's very much not at all like the first. What if you get really drunk at the uh, slushy? Oh, 
guest first. Well, I mean, that could be. And then you'll, you'll you'll get pissed and heckle the screen. <laughs> you can get my whole rundown on this from a few episodes back when we covered the uh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast yeah. presence okay. in uh, in the park. We're we're not going to go into too much detail on this. The only thing no. I kind of want to see it for is because they did bring Andrew Lansbury back for it, and I kind of love her, especially when you're looking at the closing scene of Mary Poppins, where she's dancing with. Dick Van Dyke, it's just an awesome scene. So, that being said, we have some attractions that are rumored to be coming, that were announced, that we don't know if they're definitely or when they're opening, but since Phineas and Ferb closed, they announced DuckTales, the World Showcase Adventure. It's supposed to be open in 2021. Um, we're not too quite sure there's conflicting views on this of whether it's opening or not. Some people are saying it's still on track. Some people are saying it's on indefinite hold. So I, I don't know where this is going. If it's based on the new cartoons, I would really like to see this, though, because the new cartoons are pretty damn awesome. They are awesome. I don't know if anybody's had a chance to watch them. It's definitely worth David Tennant is in it. it just, it, it's so well written in it. it. It's just a really fun good show and they brought back Darkwing for it so we'll see what happens. Also Remy's is, Ratatouille's adventure is supposed to be completed at this point and we're just waiting for an opening date. They did open a little bit more of the walkway. I'm not going to beat this to death because we don't know what the ride is about yet. I don't know if it's a direct import from Paris, if it's the same kind of thing, I don't think it is nobody a, knows I the don't answer. I think it is a direct import. It's supposed to be a little different. I don't I mean, No, I nobody know. knows. I mean, the, nobody the, knows the speculations. It's all speculation until it opens. So we all kind of have an idea that we're shrunk down to a mouse and we're going through Remy's Paris, but I don't know what that looks like. I mean, the thing that I want to go to Paris for is because you act, the ride actually closes in Bistro Chez Remy which is actually a full-service restaurant. So that I know we're definitely not getting that. So we'll see what happens with this. I'm kind of excited for it to open. I hope it takes some of the heat off of Frozen, but I think this is going to be a better and bigger attraction than Frozen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Which is funny because Frozen got a sequel. Well, I don't mm. think this needs... No, it doesn't need to say. That's what I mean. I, I like that it's an aged movie. And it's probably going to be a, a, a more uh, fun experience than Broken Ever After. Okay, I... It's not a bad... I don't hate person. I don't... Yes, I don't write it because I refuse to wait that long for it. Um, if you're going to off the newer line or string of attractions if I'm going to wait for something at this point it's going to be Mickey's Runaway and Railway hands down has to be one of the my favorite of all time attractions right now I agree with that but this just I mean I'm interested at Remy's I haven't I don't like I said I enjoy the tech for Frozen I don't know if I enjoy the ride or just trying to figure stuff out more well and plus Remember that there's only a very few handful of rides in Epcot right now. So, you know, it, the lines are going to be somewhere. Frozen is the newest thing in that park. 
I'm sure that the line will not be anything close to what Ratatouille when it finally does. I agree. Well, at least I hope if they do it right. I mean, yeah. it all depends. If it's another ride like Frozen, I will do it. It's a one and done, really. Mm, I don't. I don't think that. I don't know. I think it'd be different than Frozen because it's, it's a trackless ride. So. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna have that problem. I hope I not. Yeah. Like I said, I will. We we actually we got to the park early, and the first ride we rode was Mickey's Runaway Railway when we went to Hollywood Studios, and we actually got back online and waited like an hour just to ride it again because we had that much fun on it. Yeah, it is good. I like it a lot. I am really hoping that Ratatouille is open next week when I'm there. I'm thinking it probably won't be. I'm thinking mm. President's Day. Ugh. That is going to kill me. No, I'm... Probably spring break. Oh. It'll be open for spring break at least. I... Well, I think we'll have soft openings around President's Day. I don't know. Because it's still a major holiday weekend. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know what the heck they're waiting hey, well, for. Well, it's a holiday week for Northeast kids. Yeah, too. We'll see. We shall see. I mean, I think that by the time you guys get there, it, it should. It, it should. I agree. If it's not, I would say there's something wrong. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that next week, maybe, by the grace of God, been a really good girl this year so far. It's only been 25 days. So I, yes. Don't <laughs> tell on me. Well, it's it, 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 it's almost 26 more into 27. Yeah. So. I'm, it's fine, Tim. Fuck. Don't, don't burst my bubble. Just calls it like a season. Is there any other attraction? <laughs> to no, do? That's it. No. Yeah. It's, it's, that got World Showcase not really known for the thrill rides. Those are remarks. Those are remarks, Tim says. Well, let me touch on the entertainment. Uh, the guy juggles wine bottles, blows a whistle. Another guy stands on chairs. He just stacks up. Gives me the and... most anxiety of anything that I've ever watched in my oh, life. What did you? What was it called? The Jugglers Gone Wild? Or was it? Uh, Waiters Gone Wild, Waiters Gone Wild. is what Disney bills that as. And uh, they are not using their uh, wine linens for what you think they would use them for in an act called Waiters Gone Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this is not a dancing bear routine, so you're you're being misled. Uh, but, I mean, they're not really running their thing right now because, you know, we don't want any congregating. But when they do open back up again and get back out there and start perching themselves on their chairs that are probably in some form of fashion rigged. I'm sure it still gives me anxiety because they're really high up off the ground. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, shit. It, they, they could be climbing stairs that high with no railing and I'd be like, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> One gust of wind yep. or you, you get up there and you got to sneeze and fucking we're putting Humpy Dumpy back together again bad deal you won't catch me doing that that's about it and the uh, character meet over there by the uh fancy floral garden hedge maze thing which is where stephanie finally got a chance to meet uh aurora oh me too after years she actually ran and sprinted and got there off the monorail just in time 
to, to, to wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they were they were shutting it down, and they were like, you know, okay, you're the last person. Okay, no, you're no, you're really the last person. And, and she snuck in there. I was apparently supposed to have her a drink for when she got done, but I I wasn't running through Epcot. I just kind of dawdled my way down there and, and ran into other sheeters. It's a good time. Uh, it, it's always a good time when, when we're in, uh, we get a chance to hang out in Epcot and, and learn some stuff uh, about, about, about France. And how much alcohol your body can really handle. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> or not handle. That's what you really learned in this pavilion. Well, I mean, the great thing about France is also that their wine prices, when you go buy the bottles in whichever shop that was, because I'm really confused now, um, they're decent price. They're not, there's still a markup on it, but it's, it's not, not a crazy Disney markup. It's, it's one of the least markups on property, is the, this one. Yeah, I'd almost rather buy a bottle there than in a resort gift shop. Yeah, depends. But I mean, I feel like it would be it's better wine, most part. We are going to just uh, wave the white flag and surrender to uh, this episode. No, Tim says no. Okay, we're not we doing that. We're going to ride out the international gateway, right on this skyliner. <laughs> we're going to take the death buckets and get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Maria, uh, you, you just talked for about 30 minutes. What, what do you got for closing remarks? Um, so, next week, at some point, starts our Canines for Valentine's uh, fundraisers. It is our first organized fundraiser of the year. Um, you want to look for each day for a um, Etsy-type item to be posted for bidding. Uh, bidding is going to happen right on the Facebook page. If you are interested in trying to win the item that is posted each day, all you have to do is post the price. Um, we'll have rules and everything posted beforehand, so you can just look look the Facebook page, look for the announcement for that day. It'll be posted there, um, and we will announce each day's winner. Um, all the proceeds that we collect for this are going to Canines for Warriors, which is a charity group that um, matches veterans of the armed forces with um, service dogs. Uh, Todd's aunt is a lucky recipient of one of the animals, and we were able to meet her dog um, this past summer when his aunt came down to visit us. And wonderfully trained animal um her dog is super sweet was really really great with my kids um todd decided that he was going to put himself on the wait list so todd is also um hopefully going to be getting our service animal sometime within the next year or so so we're really excited for for this uh charity drive that that we're heading up I'm excited to see. I know that our cheaters are incredibly giving and incredibly generous, so I'm very excited to see some of the items that are being going to be posted and uh, the donations that are hopefully going to be rolling in for really, really um, If you're not part of our Facebook group, come and join us. We love to have new people. We just welcomed a couple of people in this past week. Um, 
And yeah, we have a really great time over there. So, that's it. That's Good stuff. Looking forward to seeing what we do with the, uh, with the fundraising effort. And uh, I can't wait to find out what the rules are the day before it goes live. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sports ball! Okay. How we roll? Tim. I, I always love these ultimate Epcot episodes because Epcot World Showcase is up there as far as the park's concerned for me. But I would be dying to do this France Pavilion because one is my favorite pavilion in the park with the food and atmosphere and the drinks. But it kind of reminds me of my great-grandmother who was from Paris. Um, she was in the Paris Ballet in 1918. And if anybody wants to see that picture, I'll share it to the group. But she was a great woman, and and it always brings every time I come here, it always brings back that piece of home for me. Just for the food and the drinks. The only thing was missing was a cantankerous old lady with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth telling me to shut up. So this this was a great episode for me. I can't follow that, Adam. You get oh, awesome. Thanks. Um, so. We have a bunch of sheet ups planned at this point. Uh, Maria's going to be down probably. Uh, when do you leave? I leave probably as of right air. now, as of the day of recording, I leave in 90. I am so oh, fucking okay, ready. Okay, so the episode will be posted hopefully before you get yeah, down there. Yeah, it will. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think there are any official plans. No, no official plans. Um, we are going to be in spring a couple of nights. I think we're doing a Coronado bar crawl one night. I know that. So if you are down there from the 4th to the 7th and you are interested in hanging out, shoot me a message. Um, shoot one of the girls a message. I'm going in with a couple of the Sheeter ladies that are going to be down there. Um, so let me know. We'll plan something. We'll plan to meet up. Um, yeah, I'm so, I am desperately in need of a vacation. I need a break from kids. I need a break from my husband. No, I love you, honey. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, boy. You are so dead. <laughs> so dead. Um, I need a break from work. I need a break from my mother. I need a, I need a break. I just need a break. So, I am... Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Um, break <laughs> Calgon, uh, take me away. Um, yeah. I'm excited. It's it's time. Mama needs vacation. Cinderella's on strike. There you go. Also, we got April coming up right around the corner. It's going to be a Goodman birthday extravaganza, it sounds like, because we have James's birthday. I think the Friday we're down there. We're celebrating Jen's birthday this Sunday. Friday, we'll be eating through downtown Disney that night. I think we have most of the event stuff is already posted on the page if you're looking to be part of the sheeters getting sabers thing please let us know because we're going to have to start booking reservations for stuff rather soon because i think that starts booking at 60 days out but don't hold me to that other than that we have our main sheet up which is going on september to october for the anniversary keep on looking for those dates if you're trying to be part of magic kingdom that day because it is currently booked out Hopefully we'll have some loosening of restrictions as more people get 
their vaccines and yada 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 and so forth. Other than that, that's all I got this week. It's a lot. Mostly Maria, but... Now she wants to get rid of her children and her that's husband. That's not what I said. And her husband. That's not what I said. She doesn't want to get rid of them. She wants to leave take them. leave of that's them. That's what we yeah. heard. Yeah, she wants to leave them behind. Just for a few days. It's not... I mean... Yeah, that's how it starts. Just for a few days. <laughs> We're stopping this thing now. Thank you for listening and joining us in France. Uh, gracias. Nope. Merci no, beaucoup. that's Spanish. Okay, yeah, merci beaucoup, the guy with all the restaurants. Um, <laughs> Not spelled for, the same for way. But... Uh, I'm going to leave you this nugget of wisdom. Au revoir. <laughs> Everybody. There you go. Wow. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. <laughs>